Welcome to Rivalry Week. This is The Clown. This week, I will be taking on Will Gray and the Mob. Will, I can't wait to see these nuts across your face. From the Commissioner's Desk. It's officially the start to Rivalry Week. We already have one game played. Rivalry Week is here, and we are absolutely hyped. This is from the Commissioner's Desk, and welcome to October. It's Saturday, October 2nd, week four of the NFL season. The two hosts of the show, the two commissioners, are up at each other this week. I just got one question for you, Chaz. What's up, bitch? Well, this bitch is cool, calm, and collected, and I'm ready to take down the last remaining undefeated team. Week one, I lost. Week two, I beat the 1-0 team. Week three, I beat the 2-0 team. Now week four, I'm ready to take down the 3-0 team. And uh, you better watch out. Oh, I'm hyped for this matchup. There's a lot of good matchups this week. Uh, But first, let's take a look at the current standings of the league. Chaz, go ahead and break it down for us. Yeah, so as I said a minute ago, my co-commissioner, Trent Earps, is the last remaining 3-0 team. Congratulations. And also, pat myself on the back, because me and you both have the most points for for the season. But enough mm. of that. About half the league right now is sitting about at 2-1. and one. Tyler Jasper Wildcats and Titletown Cheese Curds are both at 1-2. and two. Pretty shocking. I've been a big fan of Titletown since the beginning after that great start. He's lost his last two games. And then, obviously, not so shocking at the very bottom. we got Sunny Days and Jesus Takes the Wheel sitting at 0-3. More to come. But I'm super pumped for this week, and a lot of things can change in Week 4. Yeah, we've got you, Chaz. Daniel, Kyle, Davis, and Will Gray all one game back, sitting at two and one. And then down at the bottom, we've got some guys that are kind of separating themselves as needing to do something to turn around their seasons. Uh, title Town, more like Title Clown. Chaz, tell me this. If you were sitting at 0-3, how panicked are you for the rest of the season? You know, that's a good question. Um, one thing about me, I don't want to brag or anything, but I've never really been in that situation. Most of the time I'm sitting right about 50% after this time of the year. Um, so if it was me personally, I would probably be freaking out. But you know what they say, we got a longer season this year, so I, I would be okay, but I'd probably be making some big moves uh, moving forward. Absolutely. And taking a look at some of the moves this week, let's move on to the news segment where we take a look at the waiver wire. So Pretty obvious choice this week. The biggest waiver wire addition is Chuba Hubbard went to Tyler Jasper for $62. There were several bids on him. $62, pretty excessive for Christian McCaffrey's backup. What do we think of this so far, Chaz? Yeah, so seeing as I have Christian McCaffrey and he was not even put on IR, I personally didn't really care for him, and I didn't even put a big bid on him. So for someone like Tyler Jasper, um, who would probably play in maybe one or two weeks, I would not spend that amount of money on him. Hamstrings are tough ones. If you get hurt at the beginning of the year, there's always a chance that it comes back to bite him. So, you know, Chuba Hubbard, that might be a long-term play, but me personally, way too much money. No, thank you. So tell me this. In the first three weeks, the player that's gone for the most money off the waivers has been a running back. A running back going into or filling a pretty big role on each of these teams. Week one, we saw Elijah Mitchell be picked up. Week two, we saw Corderell Patterson being picked up. And week three, now we have Chuba Hubbard. So of those three guys, Elijah Mitchell, 
Cordero Patterson and Chuba Hubbard, who would you most want to have on your roster for the rest of the season? Not just this week, but for the rest of the season. Yeah, you know, that might be a trick question, seeing as me and Dan or me and Davis made a trade earlier this week. Um, he basically gifted me Elijah Mitchell for my last round pick of the draft. So it's pretty easy for me. I'm going with Eliza Mitchell. Personally, I wasn't even looking for him for the first few weeks um, or even towards the middle of the season. I'm really looking for that end of year push where he'll be the main back, I feel. Um, so going forward and towards the end of the year, I'm actually liking Elijah Mitchell. Um, although Cordell Patterson has had a great um, first few weeks. He's kind of the jack of all trades for Atlanta. Um, that was a good pickup by Mob. Seeing as I have Mike Davis, I'm really paying attention to Cordell Patterson. So I think that was a good pickup. Um, and then I could be totally wrong. I hope I'm not. But Chuba Hubbard, that's kind of the one where I'm like, you might have him one or two weeks and then the cards may fall as they may. But I, um, I'm liking Elijah Mitchell so far. I have to agree with you. I like that 49ers backfield and you never know who is going to shine through. Elijah Mitchell could be the guy by the end of the year. Uh, taking a look at some of these other waiver wire pickups for this week. Uh, a lot of it's based around the running back position. So Zach Moss went to Ethan. Kenneth Gainwell went to you, Chaz. Michael Carter, I got I picked him up for $6. And then lastly, Peyton Barber, now the third string running back for Las Vegas, also went to Ethan. Yeah, I think uh, Ethan got a little nervous being at 0-3. And uh, last week, he didn't have a single running back sitting on his bench. So he needed to pick some few people up. When you're shooting for Zach Moss and Peyton Barber, though, you might be in some trouble. All in all, what was on the waivers, I think Zach Moss and Peyton Barber, they're long shots, but I like the talent. So maybe, you know, maybe something happens, but. I like that Zach Moss pickup. I think that'll be all right. And he maybe will flex in a few weeks. Having the other running back in that, um, that backfield as in Devin Singletary and having Josh Allen as my quarterback, I've seen that the man does not like to hand the ball off. So having Zach Moss and then other Devin Singletary back there, I don't even want to start my guys. So I can't imagine having Zach Moss in the starting lineup. So. All righty, and then that brings us to Thursday night football. Um, it was Jacksonville Jaguars and Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you would think just from the matchup, this was going to be a pretty garbage game. All in all, though, for the two teams, I didn't mind it. I think there were a lot of big, um, big moves here, a lot of players that kind of showed out. Quite a few injuries. Um, we can touch on that in a little bit. But the biggest standout of the week um, for the Bengals was definitely Tyler Boyd. Again, I'm not going to brag, but uh, Tyler Boyd's on my team. And uh, I was pretty hyped on him going into the season. He was the third Bengals wide receiver off the board in the draft. And I was lucky to have him. Um, T Higgins was out. Um, Jamar Chase looked pretty good, but I think Tyler Boyd was sitting pretty there uh, in the slide and he got a lot of targets there. So all in all, I think it was a good game, a few injuries. That seems to be the thing going these days, but poor old Jacksonville, not poor old urban Myers. He gets what's coming to him, but uh, they took another L. Yeah. Boyd and Chase definitely saw a large uptick in targets with Higgins being out. Like you said, and your guy, the nickname dubbed Sleepy Joe Mixon in Cincinnati's backfield. Uh, he did not pass the eye test, and I know he went down with an injury towards the end of the game, but he only had 16 touches. I think that's very concerning for a guy that win the first three rounds in most drafts. Um, maybe a guy to pivot away from or see what trade value he still has left. On the other side, we've got Jacksonville. Some of the big takeaways from Jacksonville. This is actually the first game I've seen Trevor Lawrence play as a professional. I haven't caught any of his games yet this season. He looks really tall on TV. Is that just me, or did you see that too? Well, I didn't really pay attention to his height. I was more so looking at his throwing, and it, it definitely improved from the first few weeks. Um, but overall, the team just was not working. So he, I'm glad he's tall because he's going to need to be moving a lot. Yeah, something about those generic white jerseys just made him look like a giant. And uh, for how tall he was, he looked way too athletic. 
uh, for someone to be that tall, gifted in both height and athleticism, put some nice juke moves on, had a rushing touchdown. Um, but talking about rushing touchdowns, James Robinson, I know he had a rough start to the season, uh, but he looked explosive, padded his stats, and had two nice rushing touchdowns. James looked good, and he's back in form, baby. I knew he was coming. I mean, last year he was explosive, like you said, and he's just a big body, so I couldn't expect him not to do well. Um, and then, like you said, on the other hand, Joe Mixon didn't pass the eye test, but I think we all expected um, what happened, which was C.J. Uzuma, Uzuma, Uzumoa, whatever his name is. I think we all know he was going to show out. So just kidding. I think that was uh, his big game of the year, and um, we won't be seeing too many of those going forward. Yeah, C.J. Uzama came out with the game of his life. Uh, last year, battle off a pretty nasty injury. Is now the only tight end target with Cincinnati. So it'll be exciting to see what goes forward. But once they get T. Higgins back in the lineup, I think he's pretty irrelevant in terms of fantasy. All in all for a Thursday night game, this whole season, the matchups have been pretty stinky, but um, the outcomes have been not too terrible. So I haven't minded all the Thursday night games, although I think they might want to put a few better opponents in there. Um, but all in all, Great Thursday, some big points, some big misses um, going into the week. So it's all you can really ask for. And uh, all in all, I think it was a good Thursday night game. But with that said, wait, Trent, do you hear that? What's that sound? We at war. We at war with terrorism. Racism. We now welcome into the podcast from the team formerly known as Manscaped Bushwhackers, the team formerly known as Bobby, Robbie, Robert, and AJ, the team currently known as Jesus Take the Field. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in Ethan Brown. Ethan, what's going on, brother? Uh, how's it going? Great to finally be on the pod. Um, didn't take me long, probably uh, much quicker than much of you would have hoped. And uh, it's great to be the first guest. Um, I'm, I'm happy that I am uh, a man of the people and able to uh, speak on behalf of the rest of the league because everybody else has had to be silent. And yeah, I guess we, we should address the fact you're our first guest. Uh, Ethan, any idea on why you were selected as the first guest for this podcast? Um, I would like to say because of my great personality, uh, my villain, almost villain persona, within the league, but elephant in the room, it's because I'm 0-3. Yeah, I would say uh, that's probably a pretty good reason. Um, we like what you bring to the chat. We like what you bring to the league. Uh, but we got some questions for you today. Um, starting off for you, um, it's rivalry week, and I know you and Will Hickson go back. Your team wasn't looking so hot. Will's team was firing off week one, but they've kind of been in a slump after that. So um, what are you feeling about your matchup this week? Anything going on you got to say? I, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. I really like that I have sort of pitted Will against himself, uh, which we kind of had that with uh, Trent last week, where the 49ers were kind of pitted against him. Um, so I've got Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, that's that's the quarterback of the Packers, which is Will's favorite team. So it's really good that we're, I'm going into this week with his quarterback, and I'm really hoping that Aaron Rodgers goes off. Um, but I have to look and see, you know, he's got Devontae Adams on his team. So I'm hoping throw it to anybody else besides Devontae Adams. And, and then I think we're going to be fine. Uh, I'm really hoping that my, my lineup bounces back and, and sort of gives me the week that I expected to have whenever I drafted. Yeah, well, his uh, RB1 on the Thursday night game didn't play so hot. Good points. Um, I will say that might be flawed because it seems Aaron Rodgers only throws to Devontae Adams. So I think that one might be 
you might already lost in that capacity, but um, overall, I think um, I think you got a fair shot. And then um, you and Will go back pretty far, don't you? You went to high school with each other, with each other, or Bowling Green boys? Uh, no. Uh, so we we went to elementary school together, uh, middle school together, high school. It's, it's a small town, Columbia, Kentucky, which is where we're from. We played on every sports team together, almost. There were a couple of years in baseball that he was on a different team, but uh, seemed like we were always teammates. Um, and I, I want to want to let people know because people, you know, see Will as the the nice guy that he is today. Will was actually kind of a bully. Uh, he he picked on me a lot, and and I'm not trying to play a victim, but it, it was almost sort of a a little brother aspect, you know, where I was just always this kid that was kind of around, and Will was the older 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 guy of the two so it's kind of like a Peyton and Eli sort of dynamic if Peyton and Eli were average athletes and separated at birth or something and then you know we grow up and and Will becomes a nice guy and we room together in college and stinky feet and and you know I, I will say Will is a Will's on a on a three he may be better but he's on like a three-day shower schedule at least at least when we live together so you know he He's a pretty stinky guy, so I'm hoping his team stinks it up this week, really. Well, he is a fan of the Cheesehead, so. Continuing on, we're looking at your team. We've said it once already. You're 0-3 to start. Ethan, what strategy do you have moving forward? What are you going to try and do to get back on track? Are you going to hold to your roster and just keep on keeping on, or do you have some ideas for some trades here coming up in the future? Yeah, uh, this is something me and you kind of talked about last week, Trent. Uh my sort of strategy going into the season was to draft the best that I possibly could. And I think I did that um, just based on where I was in the draft order and, and just sort of how it all worked out. I'm planning to maintain. Uh, I know I'm 0-3. I know it's looking rough. But um, I, I'm, I'm sticking with my guys. I'm still confident in their abilities. Um, I think I've just had some really tough tough weeks I mean week one with Aaron Rodgers I mean I don't know if it was a Hawaii hangover if it was I don't know what it was but he just blew up in my face and as a result I had Tanya and and that didn't go super well for me Edward Delaire he he was such a good player for you last year Trent and I sort of had that bias you know knowing hey Trent really turned it around to one of his guys that really hurt me was Clyde Edwards-Alaire, so I was like, I'm going to take him. And then, obviously, with the second pick, Dalvin Cook, big stinker. I wish that I would taken Derrick Henry every single day since the draft. It, it has been a huge regret. And so, I guess if, if there is a trade that I'm willing to make, and I know it's never going to happen, but uh, send, send Derrick Henry over to me, Kyle. I'll take him. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Speaking of strategy, though, um, like you said, you are 0-3. And you do currently have the least points for. So hypothetically, if you do win the toilet bowl, what's your strategy to complete it? Are you going more donuts? Um, I don't see you running 30 miles, but you never know. Um, are you just going to go straight beers? What, what, what are we looking at here? Um, I, 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 think that, I think the beers slow you down. Um, I, I really think that I would be majority like walking slash running and donuts. Um, you know, things that go well sorted together, maybe, maybe flaw on my logic, but, but, uh, but carbs and carbs and working out. So, so maybe, you know, I'm going to use the donuts as sort of like energy and then, 
you know, sort of walk it off, you know, pound some more donuts. I don't know. I don't plan to be in that position. Um, there are nine other guys in this league, and my number one priority between now and then is to make sure that it is one of them. Um, and I hope it is. I, I can't wait to see somebody else do it. I don't plan for it to be me, and it will not me. I'm going to just go ahead and mark that down. It's not going to be me. You heard it here first. Ethan is not going to be the one to have to complete the Dirty 30 Challenge. Uh, Ethan, I think your logic is a little bit flawed. We set this challenge up so that all three, uh, there was no overlap. They do not pair well with any of the others, eating donuts, drinking beer, or, or running. Uh, you cannot pair any of those together comfortably. Uh, so it's going to be a battle against the clock is the way I see it. So it'll be interesting to see. I look forward at the end of the season, whoever does end up winning this challenge or winning the toilet bowl. Uh, having them on and see what their mindset is going into the offseason on how to attack this challenge. Lastly, we're going to take a look here. All right, this is rivalry week, boys. This is an exciting time. But, Ethan, earlier on in the year, you said of all the guys in the league, you probably have the least amount of beef with Will. So we've received a little bit of criticism for the rivalry matchup. So do our job for us. Tell us who you see as some good rivals within our league and going forward, if you could reset the rivalry matchups, what would they be going forward? Okay, yeah, and I, I want to defend, first off, defend my comment. It was like the, the rivalry week was like, okay, who's best friends? And let's let's make them play twice a year. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know what the league was thinking there, but, but whatever. Um, Davis. Davis is, is the guy that I want to play every single year, twice a year. I want that to be my rival. You know, we're, we're, we're buddies. Yeah. Pals, whatever. Hug you when I see you, but the gloves come off in the chat, the gloves come off whenever we're on the proverbial fantasy field. He he's the guy that I, I want to see on the schedule the most. And I, I hope that I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the, the rest of the schedule looks like. I don't think I play him again, but I would love to, if I played Davis every week, that would be great. And I, I have full confidence, you know, last week was a bad week, you know, just because of the Dalvin Cook injury. But last week, it was it was a joke, to be honest, that, that Davis beat me. So, um, we're – I'm going to say say Davis would be my rival. The, the rivalry that maybe I would want to see most that I'm not involved in um, is the Chaz and Kyle uh, rivalry. Those are some guys that, that just sort of – incidentally bunt like bump into each other in the chat and then it like gloves kind of come off you know that the Kyle hates the Ravens Chaz hates the Titans Kyle hates Lamar Chaz hates anybody who plays for the Titans I don't know um and and you know I want to sort of say this because I think people are finally starting to see in the chat Kyle is not afraid to like throw some punches I mean, he comes at some people hard. Um, and I think knowing him throughout college, everybody probably had a different idea of Kyle. And we're starting to kind of see him come out of his shell. So that that's one rivalry that I can kind of pinpoint. I think if there's another rivalry that I would like to see, um, it would be Trent and, and Daniel. Um, you, Trent, kind of talking to you. I, I think because y'all are both extremely – you look at the numbers super closely. You're extremely knowledgeable. You're two of the more knowledgeable guys in the league. 
And I think that is a really good sort of like pairing. I don't know. I'm going to throw it back on you. Is there anybody that you would like to see? You know, Chaz and I will have a discussion at the end of the year, but Chaz, I want to give you a second to respond to Ethan's remark. Do you hate Kyle Martins? Let's hear it here live on the podcast. You know, I think, um, first of all, I like all of those matchups. If that was the case, though, we probably could have had rivalry week last week because I played Kyle, you played Daniel, and Ethan played um, Davis, and we saw what happened there. Um, Two of the matchups didn't go so well for the uh, two Tennessee fans. But I do not hate Kyle. Um, In terms of our football um, knowledge and our football preferences, I think we are a little different, though. So I will say that. Put it on the record. Football knowledge, you know. I think I might know a little more and prefer my teams, but Kyle's got a different point of view, but I do enjoy Kyle as a person. Although he's got a tongue on him. He's a little sassy sometimes. Boom roasted. Love it. All right, Ethan, enough of the pleasantries, enough of the friendly cupcake questions. It's now time to put you on the hot seat. Oh, hot, 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 hot. All right, guys, Ethan Brown is here. He's our first victim for the hot seat. We have taken the time and requested questions from all league members, and we put together the best list of questions. So without further ado, Ethan, this is going to take press conference format. Chaz and I are just going to fire questions away one at a time. You have not been prepped on these questions, so respond however you would like. All right, question number one. This question comes from myself, owner of Viva La Tejas. Ethan. You've said in the past that you are one of the top three funniest guys in this league. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a joke? Of, of course, you put me on the spot. Um, I, I, I want – this is not funny per se, but I will, I will throw it on Davis. The fact that he's made a joke of himself and calling him clown I think is pretty hilarious. So not really a joke, but calling him out. I've already called him out once. I'll call him out again. So Davis, clown. It's a joke. Yeah, I think um, normally clowns are funny. Davis is certainly not, but it is a play on words. So I will give you a pity laugh for that one. Question number two comes from me. After Wienergate this weekend, did we learn the dangers of screenshots? And how do we move forward from there? I think it is much less about the dangers of screenshots and more about the danger of Snapchat. I was put out there as the culprit. I think the real culprit is Daniel for making us see that. I don't know why it's not expected that somebody, a.k.a. me, is going to, to screenshot it and send it whenever it's convenient for me. You know, um, yeah. I was kind of down and depressed. So that made me feel really good. And then I felt really bad. So my apologies, Davis. Um, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry for what I've said so far in this episode, but I'm sorry for that. Yeah. You know, it is an easy ammo. Those pictures are easy ammo. Um, but just like football. The second hit is the one who gets in trouble. So just be aware, but I appreciate your answer. All right. Next question. This question comes from Tyler, owner of the Jasper Wildcats. Ethan, who do you trust the least in this league to make a trade with and why? Daniel. Daniel. I didn't even have to think. I was, I was going to try to think really hard. I don't trust Daniel at all. Um, he's, he's just, he's really sneaky and he's got a, he's got a really solid voice within the league. I think a lot of people trust his opinion, but I think he can kind of take advantage of that at times. Um, and 
I would love to trade with Daniel because I'm sure he's probably got some pieces that I'd like, but um, I think he's just going to try to take advantage of me. Fair question. Fair question. All right. This one also comes from Jasper Wildcats. If you could give CEH Clyde Edwards Alaire any advice to help him improve his fantasy season going forward, what would it be? Uh, ask for a trade. He's, he's with too many, too many options, too many weapons. Ask for a trade. Dude, get out of Kansas City. Sure, you're going to win a ring, but you can help me out and, and we can win together. How about that? So get out of Kansas City. That place sucks. My hopeless, my homeless, that guy sucks. Jackson Mahomes sucks. Uh, everything about it sucks. Yeah, I think uh, the running backs there, they drop like flies. First, it was Kareem Hunt. I mean, that was his own doing. And then didn't have some <laughs> nice words from Le'Veon Bell last year. He wasn't too fond of them. And I think CEH is just um, in trouble due to the weapons, like you said. So I think that might be a possibility, although um, I don't think it's his say. So, um, yeah, I think um, I don't know what to say about that. But, um, yeah, you can leave that in there, too. I don't even care, Trent. Leave it in there. <laughs> All right, next question comes from Daniel, owner of 25 Savage. How do you feel about potentially having a worse season than Sack Daddy when his drafted his first overall draft pick was Andy Dalton? Okay, that's a little bit of an overreaction. Um, it's week three. Actually, it's a week four. We've, we've been through week three. Huge overreaction. So next question, I like don't need to spend more time on that. All right. Here's a question from Will Hickson. How does it feel to draft your favorite player in the third round and have to bench him by week four? You know, it's not that he's benched. It's the fact that A.J. Brown, he, he has these like crazy injuries and nobody knows where they come from. He, he really as I know he's my blood, but he really disappoints me sometimes. I, I wish that I could give him the toughness that, that I had. Like, hopefully he comes back. He's going to come back better than ever as soon as he does, But and, and I'll be happy when he does. But he's killing me right now, and I guess I should call him about it. Yeah, I think uh, you should have heeded my warning when I called him Bum Knee Brown. I came that one off the top of my head last week, and no one paid attention to it. So that's what you get. This question also comes from your rival, Will Hickson, owner of the Titletown Cheese Curds. Which total number is more? The fantasy points that are going to be scored this weekend by Jesus Take the Field or total minutes played in your high school football career? For context, both are going to be shockingly low. Is that a question? That is a question. Like Which number is higher? Oh, which number is higher? I, I just thought that was an insult. That was, that was pretty good. That um, most definitely is an insult. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I contrary to pot. Well, I'm not even going to say that. It's, it's definitely probably going to be points. I'm putting up big points this week. <laughs> I, I, I was going to try to defend myself, but I'm, I'm thinking of what's going to be most advantageous for me right now. And it's fantasy points. Uh, so. I, I saw your brain trying to wrap around a witty response there and you just <laughs> defaulted to fantasy. Yes. Yeah, screw high school football. This is the real stuff. This is bigger than anything I've ever done before. So final question. This one comes from Eric Thomas. How is training for the dirty 30 going? I'm not, I'm not training um, because it's not going to be me as I've already stated. Um, I think it's really curious um, that the one guy asking that question is 
also 0-3. Mm. Um, I think if you asked eight other owners besides myself and Eric, um, who has a better outlook going through the end of the year, and overall just like management prowess, it would be me. I, I think that he would maybe get a, a, a pity vote from, from Tyler, but the seven others, 1,000%, it's the money's going on me. So um, I guess I should flip it on him uh, whenever he hears this. Eric, I'm speaking to you right now under your earbuds. Um, how about you answer your own question and tell us how the training's going? Um, you can just answer that in the chat. You don't need to text me. You don't need to call me. Um, you don't have to respond on your own podcast. You just put it right there in the chat and so we all can know. Just so we needed some chippy words here on Rivalry Week. Well, Ethan, thanks so much for joining us, man. Any words for the road, Mr. Brown? Yeah, um, I would just like to say going forward, it was a hilarious joke that I started 0-3. Um, I'm glad everybody got a good laugh. Uh, like I said, I'm kind of the villain right now. Um, but it's going to turn around. Um, I have the utmost confidence in my lineup, have the utmost confidence in my abilities. Um, and really all that's left is for me to put it, put some faith in a higher power. And that's what I did with my rebrand. So, uh, Jesus take the field. Thanks, Jesus. God, I love me some Carrie. She's not just good for the Sunday night football theme, folks. She's got some bangers. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on and take a look at some of these beautiful rivalry week matchups. Real quick, let's just go over our commissioner record. Uh, Chaz, on the year, you're seven and five. That's fifty-eight percent. Well mm-hmm. over, well over that fifty percent mark. I've got some work to do. I'm sitting at four and eight. That's 33%. So almost a good thing if I'm picking your team to win week or to lose week in and week out. So let's take a look at these matchups. First up, we have Daniel Arrow's 25 Savage versus the B team, Kyle Martin's B team. Both of these teams started off hot two and oh, they're both coming off a loss. Chaz, who's going to get back on track here in week four? Yeah. So when it comes to Daniel's team, it's still on my mind. His starting running backs. We've talked about it all year. Ezekiel Elliott and Najee Harris, both great talents, both not in the great circumstances, but I got a big feeling this week. They're both going to show out. So Daniel's team, I like them a lot this week. You know, funny enough with this matchup, I've picked Daniel to win every week and I've picked Kyle's team to lose every week. So why change now? I'm picking Daniel to win, Kyle to lose. But in terms of Daniel's team, the Bengals already only put up a stinker one point. So he's got a lot of um, points to make up, um, but I think he can do it. And starting with his main core, his roots, Ezekiel Elliott, Najee Harris. Yeah, Daniel's team is looking really strong. Um, I think a lot of his guys are going to have a bounce back week. Some of them were struggling last week. I think Hawkinson especially is going to have a nice nice game for him this week at the tight end position. Uh, and one thing, too, Daniel's luckily avoided a lot of injuries this year. Um, I know that's kind of been a topic throughout the first three weeks. There's some pretty catastrophic injuries, Chaz. You're firsthand struggling for that with CMC being down. Uh, Daniel's been able to avoid that. I think he's got a good, strong team. Now, on the other side of things, Kyle, with some unfortunate news that Julio is actually going to be out this week, um, but his team really doesn't suffer too much from that. He's putting Kareem Hunt into his starting lineup and starting both of the running backs in Cleveland's backfield. So he's going to have Chubb and Hunt, and I don't hate that at all. I think 
there are very few tandem backfields in the NFL where you can start the one and the two and potentially go for a top 10 week in both those regards. So they're going up against Minnesota this week. I think it's a smart play. Yeah, injuries seem to be a thing with uh, most teams in the league right now. Um, one big one to look out for is George Kittle. Um, didn't do so much practice this week, so we'll keep a big lookout for him. Um, but one thing I like about this, it's just straight up meat and potatoes eating people over here. We got Ezekiel Elliott, Najee Harris, and then the other side, we got Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. Um, it's a matchup of the RBs, and like I said a minute ago, I think uh, Daniel edges out by just a little bit. That's right. Run the damn ball. I'm with you on this one. I think Daniel's team is a little bit stronger going into this week, so I'm going to pick Daniel as well. Moving on to matchup number two, we have just heard from him. Jesus, take the field. Ethan Brown's 0-3 team against Titletown Cheese Curd and Will Hickson, 1-2. Two. Uh, two teams, I mean, we've said it all year. We both like both these teams, uh, don't like their record. So two teams with surprising starts. Uh, Chaz, how do you see this game, or what team do you want to highlight here first? Yeah, I think uh... – Right now, Titletown, he's got some decisions to make, a little couple risky moves here. He's got Matthew Stafford starting over Lamar Jackson this week. Um, we'll see how that changes. Lamar didn't practice very much this week, um, but he played um, this past Thursday practice. He got a good practice in on Friday, too. Um, so I'm curious how he picks there. I'm a big Matthew Stafford fan, as we know. Um, but again, a couple injuries here. Um, one big one, Rob Gronkowski, his uh, main man who he traded or uh, picked up a while ago. Um, but then again, I think the wide receivers talk. Um, so you can't go against Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins, one and two, wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Um, so this week I am going against Titletown. I got a bit of a crush on him, like we said last week. So I'm taking him over Judas takes the wheel. Um, so that's what I look right now. So what do you think about their team right now, Trent? Yeah, I think the big news here is that Rams high-powered offense could no longer sit on his bench. He's now got Matt Stafford into the starting lineup. As you said, too, Gronk not going to be suiting up for his return to Foxborough. Would have been some really exciting fireworks that we're going to see up there regardless. Uh, would have been cool if Gronk could have taken part in that. Uh, which means, though, that Will will probably be starting Robert Tanyan in his tight end position. Less than exciting. Um, but on the other side of the ball, we've got Ethan's team. And we've talked about the struggles. We've talked about the injuries. Dalvin looks to be back in the lineup. That's good news for Ethan. Um, but at the wide receiver position, he's forced to play guys like Devonta Smith and Henry Ruggs, two guys that, yeah, their ceilings are super high, but they're very much boomer bust guys. So playing two of those guys can kind of negate the production of the other. Uh, and you can't really count on that for a uh, weekly production and for a win. Yeah. So right now, like you just said, I think Robert Tunyon's going to be going in there. Um, so he's going to, so Ethan's side is going to have Aaron Rodgers, and two of his main targets are going to be in the opposite team. And when it comes to fantasy, when you're in the matchups like this, you really want to have the players that are receiving the ball, not the ones throwing the ball. Cause it kind of negates the fact when they score a touchdown. Um, so that's kind of going against them that I see here. Um, and then Dalvin cook questionable. He didn't play last week. I'm curious to see how he bounces back this week. And then a few guys on here, like you said, they got big highs and low lows like um, Henry Ruggs and Devontae Smith. Um, and then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he had a bounce back week last week. So I'm curious to see how he plays. Um, a lot of question marks, though. Um, but like I said, this week I'm going title town over Judas. So what did you say, Trent? I have Will Hickson here in my notes to say for this pick. But I'm riding with my guy. We just had him on the podcast. Been supporting me all year. I'm going to support him here. I'm going with Ethan Brown to get his first W of the year during rivalry week. All right, next matchup, we have Sunny Days. Uh, Chaz, let's take a quick moment of silence uh, for Dawn Patrol. It looks like they've officially 
died off and been replaced. So we're gonna take a quick five seconds as a moment of silence. And yes. Sunny Days is going up against the Jasper Wildcats. This is a matchup between Eric Thomas, Tyler Jasper, the two Fidels of the group. Chaz, how do you see this one going? You know, we got a lot of faith in our league, and I, I think um, Don Patrol will make a resurrection here sooner than later, uh, but we're sticking with Sunny Days for right now. Um, I, Yeah, when it comes to Don Patrol, um, his team, I don't know how you can have any confidence going up against the Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill stack. Patrick, this past few weeks, hasn't played great. Needs to take better care of the rock, but overall, um, that matchup is going to be a tough one to overcome. Um, and then it comes to Aaron Jones. He speaks for himself, main main target on that offense, um, and he's been an absolute stud these past few weeks. So, yeah, he's got help on his side this week, so I'm liking his starters, and I'm liking where his team is right now. Yeah, I'm not so sure about this team. I like the change in name to try and get some of that good juju going. Sunny days, Sunday, kind of a play on words there, uh, but – for Eric's team in a 10 team league, when you're starting four players that are borderline flex and Juju Smith Schuster, Chase Edmonds, Miles Gaskin, and Hunter Renfro, you know something's gone wrong. It's only week four. Uh, so let's see if we can maybe turn something around. But that lineup, you know, you mentioned some of his studs, but you got to call out the full lineup. Uh -huh. uh, doesn't really exude optimism for me. Taking a look at the other side of the ball, we've got Tyler. Uh, got some decent games from his Thursday night players. Got a very strong lineup. Uh, I really like the stack of Murray and Saquon Barkley. I think Saquon's really coming into his role nicely. And then he's got three really solid wide receiver options in Diggs, Stealing, and Evans. Uh, not too much to fault Tyler for here. He's got some successful production already statted into uh, his score this week with the Thursday night game. Uh, so I'm probably going to pick Tyler here, pick the Jasper Wildcats, continue on and go two and two. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, I gave, uh, I gave sunny day. I was being gentle on him earlier, but yeah, I'm going with Ty the Jasper Wildcats right now. Sorry, sunny days. Um, I talked your team up. Good luck to you, but I'm going Jasper Wildcats. And the big thing is the majority of their matchups who haven't played yet are not going against good defenses. Um, and a lot of these players are big touchdown people that are, I'm looking to see a lot of touchdowns this week. So Stefan Diggs, he's going to probably have a few touchdowns against Houston. Adam Thielen's going to do what he does. Cleveland secondary is not looking so hot. And then a few of these other players are playing, um, pretty iffy backfields and defenses. And he's got two players who already put up double digits in 20.6 points with James Robinson, which we touched on earlier. And then 13 points with Jamar Chase, which is, you know, pretty solid start for your week on a Thursday night. So I'm going Jasper Wildcats here. Better days ahead, sunny days. And now we have the matchup that you and I have been waiting for for a while. We've got Commissioner going on Commissioner here. Viva La Tejas, the 3-0, and the one and only undefeated team versus I'm a Chooch, 2-1. and Chaz, I know you're optimistic. Let's not so much talk about your team here. Why don't you tell me a little bit about my team, what you're nervous about, what you're excited about. Yeah, I appreciate it, bitch. Um, unlike you, though, I'm not going to stoop down to calling names. I'm going to call you by your real name, Viva La Tejas. And when it comes to rivalry week, there's no bigger competitor than Tom Brady coming home to New England and taking on that dirty old bill. I like Tom Brady this week. I think he's going to put up a big week. Your starting core, your two running backs, they've put up big weeks um, so far. Um, but then it goes down to the rest of your team. A couple of players here haven't had such big weeks. Calvin Ridley on Atlanta. Their offense isn't clicking. Brandon Cooks has looked great. Darren Waller's looked great. And then Chris Godwin is. Tom's main target, and he's going to have a big week this week against New England. Um, so I think this is going to be a pretty close matchup. Um, so I'm liking your team, but I like my team even better. Yeah, taking a look at your team, Chaz, I can read you like a freaking book. 
Earlier this week, I knew you were trying to play mind games with me. You decided to put all of your backups into your starting lineup, and I saw I was favored by a lot of points. Those mind games don't work, bro. I don't even pay attention to that stuff. Uh, honestly, though, you've got a great lineup. Uh, I'm glad I get to face you with CMC out. A little plus to me there. Uh, and beyond your starting running backs this week, you're right up there with one of the best lineups in the league. But holistically, Mike Davis, Daryl Henderson, they don't scare me at all. I'm confident going into this week. Uh, excited for the text exchange between us going into this weekend. Let's move on now to the game of the week between the two and one Lexington mob. And you heard him in the opener, the two and one clown Davis Church's led team. Chaz, tell me a little bit about these teams. Yeah, this is a big one. Two brothers, family, not this week, sworn enemies. Looking at the Lexington mobs team. Um, I think he's been pretty solid so far. Last week, the Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler stack that I was preaching about came out. DJ Moore had himself a week. He's the main target with Christian McCaffrey out. Marquise Brown, on the other hand, to be honest, last week he had three core drops. If he would have caught all three of those balls, he would have had an absolute monster performance. I'm looking for him to bounce back. And then Kyle Pitts has been looking better and better. And Jonathan Taylor, on the other hand, had a little bit of a roughy start along with Allen Robinson. So his flex position's not looking so hard. But the core of his team at the top, I think, is going to take it home. So I'm going Lexington Mob this week. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you stole my notes because I'm saying the exact same thing. I mean, the biggest concern uh, is the unfortunate start and the lack of production from Jonathan Taylor and Allen Robinson, two guys that if you draft them in the first three rounds, no one was going to look twice or think you're crazy. Uh, Eckler's really coming into form. I know I was dogging on him earlier in the year, but he looks great. And then Hollywood and DJ, your two core receivers, uh, these guys – if they can fix their drops, you can be highly confident they're putting 20-plus points up each week in PPR formats. Yeah, when it comes to the clown, the first dagger in everyone's side at the start of the week is when you have a Thursday night player and he puts up a goose egg. And this time, 5.4 points for Marvin Jones. I didn't see it coming, and I don't think Davis saw it coming. So he's starting off on kind of a low note. Jalen Hurts just shit the bed last week, but like he said in his press conference, poops in the toilet. You flush it and you move on. So I think he's going to bounce back going up against KC. They're going to got it. They got to throw the ball. He's got to use his legs. So I look for a big week this week in him. Antonio Gibson having a bit of a shin issue. Um, I'm not really loving that right now. David Montgomery, that Chicago team is an absolute mess. Um, one star that I think might be a star again, Odell Beckham. I got high hopes from this week. Him, Travis Kelsey started that team. CD Lamb, star wide receiver on that team. And then Jacoby Myers. We took a little bit of a trade this week. I didn't want him. I hope he does well for you. Um, but I hope the stars shine bright because you might be in some trouble if they don't. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You go from Jalen Hurts talk about poop to the poop matchup between the Washington football team and the Atlanta Falcons. I think this is a big opportunity for Antonio Gibson to get back into shape. I know you mentioned his shin injury. Um, I think he's been dealing with this for quite a while now. He looks electric in the passing game. I think he had a 74-yard touchdown reception this past week. Um, I look for him to have a monster, monster game against Atlanta. The rest of the lineup, like you said, Marvin Jones didn't have a great outing on Thursday. It's tough going into the weekend knowing that you're already knocked down a few pegs because of that. But Travis Kelsey and CeeDee Lamb, I think these are two guys that week in and week out are going to be playmakers for Davis's team. Uh, and could be an excellent way to round out his lineup. However, my pick in the game of the week is going to Will Gray's Lexington Mob. 
Oh, boy. I think we're on the same page for most of the teams this week. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, hopefully you get some right this week. Trent, you're not looking so hot in the pick department, pal. That's it for the matchups. Now it's time to move on to the toilet bowl alert. And just to recap real quick, toilet bowl alert, we're always going to highlight teams that we feel like are trending down and potential of being in that nine and 10 position at the end of the year, entering into the toilet bowl game and potentially have to take on the dirty 30 challenge this week. I am putting the title town cheese curds on toilet bowl alert. Now, this is a team that we talked about their draft strategy. Will Hickson took it upon himself to go wide receiver heavy from the get-go. And in the PPR league, where there's two flex positions, the wide receiver position goes up in value. However, this is not quite panned out the way you would hope. We're starting an additional player. To only put up 100 points in a PPR league format is not a great week. To have your starting tight end, Rob Gronkowski, who's ranked the number two overall tight end, through three weeks is not a good start to your week. And lastly, to have Sleepy Joe mix in the lineup, this is stinky all the way around. This goes in the toilet, toilet bowl alert. Yeah, boy, do those cheese heads really do stink, don't they? I like that pick. You know, on my end, though, Jesus was in the chat earlier, and he's going to be happy for this because I'm about to take you to church. But let me tell you, Viva La Tejas, last year you started 0-6 and, and clawed your way back. This, this year you're starting at the top, and you're about to make a steep plummet come the end of this week i want to ruin your week i want to ruin your year i want you to have the worst week of your life rivalry we week baby you're on toilet bowl alert that's the biggest mistake of your life boys i hope you all enjoy this podcast i hope you enjoy rivalry week let's get it going